Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Every January and every August, we stop and we take 21 days, that's three weeks, and we will pray because it's right at the beginning of a brand new season, right? We all know that January is the beginning of going into a brand new year, and uh, it's a time of that people make New Year's commitments, right? They all go to the gym, gym memberships are up, right? And it's a time, uh, and August is also a big time, right, as we're doing back to school and the season shifts. In fact, for some... The new beginning, the new year really starts like, you know, school years and such. They start in the fall. And so uh, that's actually the Jewish new year, Rosh Hashanah, uh, will start in the fall, right? It starts in September. And so you may not have known that, but it's just a big time, big swing. And so what we do is we take the first part of the year and we pray. How many of you know if we get direction from the Lord at the beginning, we'd probably be a whole lot better in that season, right? So can we just do this? Can we agree up front before you even know what it is that you're going to take seriously? You're going to take yourself before the Lord over these next three weeks, and you're going to pray. Okay, so 21 days of prayer. It starts tomorrow. Everyone should have a sheet. Uh, did, did everyone get a sheet? Anybody need one, not need one? Or anybody need one? Raise your hand. And I want to make sure everybody's got one. Okay, very good. We're also starting a brand new worship series today. And so it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. I've been waiting a couple of years to start this particular series. I've taught probably hundreds of times on worship, but I've been waiting for a couple of years to start this series, and I am so excited about it. And so I I just can't wait to get started on it. But uh, it's really, let me just tell you, time to lean in at Memphis Tabernacle. We're almost five years old as a church, and we're about to celebrate in in September our five-year anniversary. You will not want to miss that at the end of September, but uh, I just know the Lord is calling us to lean in. It's a time where we're growing as a church, and it's a time where I know that the Lord is really uh, speaking as a church. But um, we're committing to 21 days of prayer, and I also want to tell you that something that you can do that can help is in the lobby, there's these Pray First books. Uh, They have different types of prayers that are laid out in the Bible. They won't cost you anything. Uh, We printed these, and they're free to you, okay? And so if you will grab one of these, they will help you walk through. Prayer is your connection, your relationship with the Lord, and you can grab one, take them home, and begin to learn how to communicate with God. I'm telling you, one of the most important things that we could do as a church is help you to self-feed Self-feed, self-feed in the word, self-communicate with the Lord. If you have to come to church and that's your only meal you're ever going to get, you're going to be dry bones, right? So what you need to do is you need to be able to, to communicate and fellowship with the Lord all week long and then come to church and receive and be able to give and receive and be with the body when we have church times together. And so that's what uh, I I encourage you to get one of these books. Go grab one uh, before you leave if you don't already have one. Also, jump in and read a chapter a day in the Bible. It's not too much. 
Uh, just to read a chapter a day, we have journals, we have bookmarks. The bookmarks are for free, and you can grab one, just read a New Testament chapter a day. We've been talking about vision, too, that during this next season, there's three vision points. Those are, those are a lot of things that are going on. There's three vision points that we're focusing on. Number one is youth and young adults. Come on, somebody. And so we're focusing on, on this season, youth and young adults. Next of all, we're focusing on freedom that we wanna see people free. I'm not just talking about alcoholics and drug addicts and sex addicts. I'm talking about whatever you're dealing with, whatever it is that you can't shake, whatever it is that you keep praying about and repenting of. God wants you free, amen. And so we're, we're believing and, and pressing in and believing for total freedom in everyone's life. And that's what we're, another thing we're focusing on as a church. And then third of all is strategic intercession and outreach, not just going out, but, but letting the Lord lead us as a church, as a body, that there's a reason and something that he's called us together for. And so those are three vision points that we're praying about. That's why these 21 days of prayer, I really felt led to take a week on each one of those, a week on each one of those. Listen, would you not do this? Cause I've been involved in church too. And I know how these things work. You take these things and you go, where was that thing again? And you're about 20 days into it. And you're like, we have one day left. Oh, am I going to be, you ever done that before? Yeah. Or, or you, you know, you look, would you take this, either snap a picture of it, put it in your Bible, put it in somewhere where you are. And would you just every day take that scripture? We tried to make it very simple with a scripture and a topic. Like this week, okay, we're starting tomorrow morning. We are praying about the next generation. There's something about passing on what God has given you and passed on to you. Maybe you're the first one in your family that has put down roots. You're gonna pass that on to the next generation. So we're praying about fathers and mothers and we're opening up Ephesians chapter six, verse two, honor your father and mothers. And we're, we're praying that about fathers and mothers. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen fathers and mothers. If you're a father and mother, Lord, strengthen me to be able to pass down things generationally and begin to just pray. You say, I don't know how to pray. Here's how to know how to, if you don't know how to uh, be a jogger, you know what you ought to do? Just start, right? Just start somewhere, start somewhere. How do you start praying? Start somewhere. Always start with the word though, okay? So we, we're giving you a scripture. I'm not, notice I didn't give you 10 scriptures. Just gave you one scripture. Just grab, up, grab onto it, open it up. And these, by the way, are also great scriptures to start memorizing too. If you just want to memorize. If you just memorize those scriptures, when topics come up, you can go back and hide the word in your heart. Uh, Psalm 119 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. So when sin comes up in your life and you have the word of God that pops up, you're able to not only pray the word, but it also is like a guard and a protection from sin and from the enemy. So we're gonna pray this week about fathers and mothers, about children. All my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children, right? We're gonna pray about youth, right? About, about youth, about young adults, teachers, administrators, and you see on. And then we're praying on day seven about a backyard revival team. We have a team that has already started to come and that is coming, that is coming. And there are evangelists and missionaries that are coming into the city from California and they're coming and moving into this city for a time period to go start Jesus clubs and partner with us and other churches here in this city to see a youth revival in this city. And so you know what we're going to do? We're not going to sit back, fold our arms, and watch. No, we're going to pray, and we're going to believe that God is going before them, making the crooked places straight, open before them the double doors, and we're going to believe that what we've been praying for for years, 
that revival is coming through this city in Jesus' name. When? Now. Not tomorrow, not in de next decade. Today, now. Not the next generation, this generation. Amen? Do you believe with me? If you don't, I want to remind you of something. In the Bible, God had 12, there was 12 spies that he sent out into the land. Did you know that 10 of them didn't make it? The majority of them didn't see it. They came back and said, it's too big, there's giants in the land. And only two spies came back and said, we're well able to take the land. In other words, the majority, people say, the majority of the people say this. Yeah, the majority usually doesn't see it. But I'll tell you what, we're part of the two spy club. <laughs> Amen. We're going to believe that God's going to fulfill his promise and that revival's going to happen and we're going to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, that's not just a Holy Ghost goosebump and a sensation and people just falling down. That means salvations. That means healing. That means that people are going to come to Jesus and repent like never before. They're going to turn from sin, turn from darkness, and come back to Jesus. That's what we're believing for. That means that these altars are going to be filled. That means this house is going to be filled. That means multiple services. That means that we're going to see youth and young adults and revival going on. And that means that when we ask you to show up and serve, you're not going to go, well, my schedule's kind of, no, 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 because you're going to be so hungry for the things of the Lord. Amen. How does it all start? It all starts by prayer. It all starts by prayer. The reason you're sitting here today is somebody prayed for you. <laughs> somebody got on their knees and prayed for you. Somebody called you out of darkness. Somebody called you out of sin. Somebody got on their knees and called you out of the gates of hell and pulled you back and pulled you back into the calling of God and the plan of God for your life. And that's what we're gonna do for a whole lot of people. Somebody give God praise today, amen? That's what's gonna happen and that's what we're doing these 21 days. So I wanna tell you just a couple of, just a couple of quick vision points. One is that we are starting youth ministry. I'm just announcing this for the first time this morning that we are starting youth ministry. We already started middle school uh, services uh, down, downstairs, but Nicole Stark is, uh, we were a part of, she's a, uh, just a powerful woman of God. She's spoken here a couple of times, but uh, we were able to, um, she, she's in ministry at The Rock, but she is, will be moving out here for a, a period of time, and she just has an apostolic uh, calling and anointing upon her life, but she's going to be coming out here not only to lead Backyard Revival, but she's going to be coming on to our staff and leading Next Gen here on our staff for a period of time here. And so she'll, she'll be out here next weekend, okay? And, uh, and I'll tell you, we're starting youth ministry um, on August the 16th on a soft launch. I think, let me get these dates right. We're going to have a soft launch of, on August the 16th, which means they're on Wednesday night, on Wednesday night, we're going to start Wednesday night services for youth. When I say a soft launch, what does that mean? It means we don't have it all together. You ever seen a fast food restaurant with a soft launch? It means their fries don't taste good yet. It means, it means their receipts aren't working. It means when they're taking orders and stuff, they're still like, you know, uh, shakes on the ground and they're still running in and out and they don't know how to lock their doors and all those things. We're still figuring those kind of things out, okay? So that we're doing a soft launch in two weeks pretty quick, but it's time to launch. Amen. And so we're going to do a soft launch and we'll have four weeks to do that. And then we're going to do, uh, we're going to go for it and launch youth ministry 
We're not going to wait anymore on September the 13th on Wednesday night. That'll be this fall in, uh, I guess it's in six weeks, we'll be launching youth ministry. Now, let me tell you also, uh, our leaders have been coming together to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying in this season? And let me tell you a big word that I've heard and we've heard is the word simplify. How many like the word simplify? Yeah. In other words, things, especially at a church our size, things can get more and more complicated and we can add more and more stuff and more and more nights and more and more things and more and more stuff. And I'll tell you, the Lord said simplify. I want you to keep things simple. So I'll tell you one of the things that I know the Lord led us to do, and I would not touch it unless the Lord led us to do, is the Lord is asking us and called us to take our Tuesday nights and move it to Wednesday nights. So we're going to take our Tuesday night prayer and move it to Wednesday night prayer. The reason why is so that we can come into alignment and not compete with our youth night, okay? So, because if we had a Tuesday night, I just know church, I've been around it enough, some will select Tuesdays, some will select Wednesdays, and they'll be split, and the size of our church, it just won't work. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take our Tuesdays, move it over to Wednesdays, and we're going to get into a rhythm instead of pushing all kinds of things, men's events, women's events, small groups, this and that. We're not going to push a bunch of stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to have a church where people show up on Sunday mornings and we're going to have Wednesday nights. And you may say, what a concept. That's how I grew up. <laughs> Duh. Isn't that new? Well, that's how I grew up too, okay? I'm not, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I understand that too. And, and I've thought of that as well. But we want to make sure that we're following the Lord. I believe we've been following the Lord up to this point. But I know that the Lord is leading us back to that right there and say, would you just as a church keep it very simple, focus right now on Sunday mornings, focus on Wednesday nights, focus in on youth, focus in on prayer, focus in on getting people free, and watch what I'm going to do in this season. Would you believe with us? Amen. Come on, somebody. Would you believe with us together? So during, during these 21 days of prayer, let's not just take vision and, and sit back like some people do and say, I hate change. I'm just going to watch and see what happens. Some people just hate change no matter what. You could change anything, right? You could change the baby's diapers, and they're like, I just don't like change, you know? <laughs> they just don't like change. But the reality of it is we have to just follow the, the leading of the Lord, and we know that this is the leading of the Lord. We also have... Uh, freedom groups that are starting, they're 12 weeks. Freedom groups that are starting on Wednesday, the, uh, the 30th. We're gonna use the six o'clock hour. Someone again might say, ah, I don't know if that's enough time. It's gonna be enough time, okay? The six o'clock hour on Wednesday, we're going to use for our freedom groups. And so if you've already been through freedom, that's a perfect time. Come like if the clothes have been in the washing machine and they pull them back out and they're still stinky, throw them back in the washing machine, right? with a little bit extra uh, fabric softener, right, and make them smell a little bit better. But this is a time for you to take someone else through freedom. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be an awesome time. This is uh, the end of this month, August the 30th, we are starting freedom. I know I just told you a bunch of things and you're drinking through a fire hose this morning, but that's what we're praying about. So let me just ask you, I'll give you a quiz. When are we starting 21 days of prayer? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Who's, who's gonna be a part of 21 days of prayer? Yeah, and how do we know and what, how, what, what keeps us focused on the 21 days of prayer? Yeah, the scriptures. And so what are you going to do with this sheet? Are, am I gonna, are you going to leave church and I'm going to walk and see all these sheets sitting around this? No, 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 no. You're going to hold on to this, okay? Even if it's for Pastor David, you're going to hold on to this. Take this with you, okay? And so, amen. Lord, we come. Would you do this with me? Lord, we come and we bring this vision to you. 
and we thank you that what you've begun, you're also able to complete, and this is going to be the best season we've ever had at Memphis Tabernacle. In the name of Jesus, and let the church say amen. All right, hey, we're starting a worship series today, and I just have one of the seven words that I'm going to go over today. The word worship really comes from the simple, uh, the word we would say worth-ship, or it's to attribute value to something. Worth-ship. And who, of course, are we talking about? We're talking about the Lord himself. Attributing value to the Lord. So worship could be the most important thing that we could ever talk about in our lives. And really, it affects every area of our life. It's really worship as an expression of love to God. You might say, well, I'm not really into that. I, I'm not called to worship ministry. If you're a believer, you're called to worship. In fact, if you're a believer, the Bible says one day every knee will bow. Even if you don't believe in it, oh, I don't bow. You will. One day every tongue will confess. I don't know if I believe in that. One day you will. That Jesus Christ is Lord, right? And so this is worship. It's an expression of love. And let me tell you, I've noticed, because I've been a worship leader for a number of years, you can't get someone excited that they're just not, you can't make someone excited about something they're just not excited about. I can tell, I can get up here and scream or talk till I'm blue in the face and say, lift your hands, come on, sing out to God, be excited about God, be passionate about God. And they're just like, I love you, God. Like, what else do you want me to say? Passionate about you, God. And they're like, man, bro, I'm just not into this. Like, I'm faking it till I'm making it and I'm not making it. This ain't working. So here's what we're not gonna do with worship. We're not gonna talk about worship and make you do something that you don't wanna do. We're gonna try to break down some things with worship and give you understanding of what worship is. And I believe that when you get understanding, your, your heart's gonna open up. And when you begin to understand worship, you'll begin to understand God. And when you begin to understand God, you'll want nothing but to worship God. You'll wanna worship the Lord. That's what you wanna do. I also, as I was praying about this uh, earlier about this series, I do wanna say this, um, that I, I really had a sense from the Lord and it's interesting about this. I really had a sense from the Lord that the Lord said during this series, uh, I don't know how many weeks it's gonna go, and we're planning on about five weeks. Uh, I don't know how we're gonna get through seven words in five weeks. I don't get the math, but, but we'll figure it out. Um, that, uh, that the Lord wants to heal some anxiety. For those who've been experiencing anxiety, that the Lord wants to heal anxiety, the Lord wants to heal some, also some mental disorder during this worship series. Again, I don't understand how that works with worship. I don't get it. But the Lord wants to heal some mental disorder and the Lord wants to restore confidence in people. And I could almost see a picture of someone just not, not even standing up straight, but just he wants to restore some confidence and also um, heal relationships. Not just the relationship with the Lord, but relationships with others. And the picture that I got as I was in prayer of it is, remember when the lepers, uh, the people who had leprosy uh, said to ask Jesus for healing and Jesus never prayed for them and Jesus never laid hands on them. Jesus just told them to do something. And the Bible says that as they, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they did it, they were healed. And I really sense that as we step into some things with worship, that, that there are people that are going to receive healing from anxiety, mental disorders, relationships, 
and there's going to be things that are just going to come together in your life. So if that's you, receive it, and let's believe that God's going to do something about that. Amen. Hey, there was a great Welsh, uh, Welsh Welsh theologian named Dr. Martin Lloyd James, and he argued that the dislike of enthusiasm, the dislike of enthusiasm was one of the greatest hindrances of revival. Think about it. The dislike of enthusiasm. You ever met people, or maybe you're one of those people that just goes, I don't, I don't like those people who just get all excited about things. In fact, I don't even trust them. <laughs> and so th this guy would argue that th it's one of the greatest hindrances to revival. Again, one of the things that I want to do, and I, maybe it's the secret to unlocking that enthusiasm in you if you're one of those people, is to just give you a better understanding of the seven Hebrew words. There are seven Hebrew words in the book of Psalms that talk about the praise and that talk about worship. A few years ago, I picked up this book uh, called Holy Roar. It's by Darren Whitehead and Chris Tomlin. And I remember, you know, I've seen all kind of worship books because I have uh, taught on worship. I've taught college classes on worship. I've been around worship for years and I've used curriculum, you know, for worship. And, but I remember picking up this book and I just thought, you ever pick up one of those books and it's like almost like a coffee table book and you're like, that's the most simple, profound book I've ever, and you're like, put all those other like thick books away. They kind of just boiled it all down to what it's all about. And I remember just grabbing onto this and it, and it goes over these seven words, which I've taught before, but it's just seven words of worship. And it really boils down to where if you understand these seven words of worship uh, in the book of Psalms that really from cover to cover in the, of the, the book of Psalms, the largest book in the, book of, in the Bible, um, that it really will open things up. And it broke down things in a way I've never uh, really seen it before. I don't know how long this series is for, but, I, but probably about five weeks. I'd like for you to stick with me in it. Tiffany's going to help me in some teaching. It. Nate's going to help me in some teaching with it. But um, I, want, I want you to know this if you don't know this. Did you know the Bible wasn't written in English? <laughs> some people think everything is in English. The Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek and you know, some Aramaic, it was written in some different languages. But the, the descriptive languages that the Bible was written in are a lot more descriptive uh, than the English language. Like, let me give you a for instance, and you may know this if you've been around church at all. The word love, right? I can say, I love tacos. And I may say, I love my son. Now, we know that I don't love tacos the same as my son. It's close, but... <laughs> But they are two different kinds of love, right? Now, in the Bible, in the Bible, there's four kinds of love. There's four words for love. There's eros love. There's phileo love, like Philadelphia or phileo fish, right? No, I'm kidding. No, there's, a, there's Philadelphia. There's phileo love, right? There's, uh, there's eros love, which is like erotic love. There's, there's uh, a, which is not in the Bible. That, that particular love is not in the Bible. There's uh, agape love, which is uh, forever. Not, it's not based on anything. It's a continual love, right? And then there's this love that's uh, the storge, the storge love, which is natural love that we have. Well, if I say that, uh, if you were in Bible days, I would say I storge, or I have a natural love for tacos, right? Or maybe fish tacos, right? Because they, they fish and stuff, okay. So, but I would say, but I have agape for my son. I would use it in two different ways because it's more descriptive, right? Do you know the same thing with worship? We read through the Bible and we say, praise the Lord this and praise the Lord that and worship the Lord this and worship the Lord that. So we really don't get the words too much. 
We just kind of go praise more and worship more and, and we press in harder to words we don't really get or understand. So what we want to do is, is break down some of, these, uh, some of these words. And if I could find my clicker, okay, check this out. If I could find my clicker, let me see. Uh, 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 how about this, Nate? Let's see. Two, two. Lord, send me Nate. Send him right now. Is that it? You answer prayers. There he is. Okay. The book of Psalms. So in the book of Psalms, the word praise has seven different words. It has seven different words. And the words are yada. Try to, try to pronounce them with me, would you? Uh, this will be your first attempt of speaking in tongues this morning. Okay, ready? Yada, halal, zamar, todah, barak. I used to have a president that was, okay. Barak, tehillah, not tequila. You say, praise God. Yeah. And shabak, Right? We have these seven Hebrew words that we're going to be going over, not just the word praise, but these seven Hebrew words that we're going to be going over that talks about praise, and we'll be breaking uh, these ones down. Richard Foster, he said, the Psalms are the literature of worship. If you want to know about worship, start reading the book of Psalms. The Psalms are the literature of worship. Their most prominent feature is praise. Praise the Lord is the shout that reverberates from one end of the psaltery to the other. Singing, shouting, dancing, rejoicing, adoring, all are the language of praise. You know, King David happened to be a man that God said he was a man after my own heart. And do you remember? He's the one who was singing and dancing and shouting and teaching people how to praise. He was a man that knew how to do all these things. This was about praise, and he wrote a lot of the Psalms. But today, we're going to talk about one word, and that's the word. Would you say it with me? Yada. Kind of sounds like yada. Right? Yada. Okay? It's yada. And it means this to revere or worship with extended hands, to hold out hands, to throw a stone or an arrow. It basically just means to throw your hands out. To throw your hands out. Right? Like, whoa! You know, you see someone, they scored a goal and they're like, yeah! You see that, right? It, it, it's really a natural, it's more of a natural reaction than we realize as human beings. It's more of a natural reaction. You didn't have to teach. So, I mean, there are times where I was, I was watching like a competitive sports something and I'm right there at the end and I'm watching something and they do it and I go, yeah! And it's more of a natural, someone didn't have to say when he scores the goal, throw up your hands. It's just a natural reaction. In fact, sometimes I've caught myself doing it and I'm embarrassed. Like, and that's how people get with the Lord too is they're just not used to doing it, so they don't do it. But it means to revere or worship with extended hands and to hold out your hands, or notice this, to throw a stone or an arrow. It's also used in the Bible if you're going to throw a stone or you're going to throw an arrow. In other words, it's not this, right? It's this. There's an exuberance about it. There's something about, yeah, there's something about, I would say like victory. There's something about, yes, this is where... My help comes from. This is my strength. This is what I look to. This is my excitement. This is an exuberance that happens in my life. Now, look in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 67, Psalm 67. It says, may the peoples, read this with me, may the peoples praise, or that's the word yada, may the peoples praise you, God, may all the peoples praise you. May all the peoples praise you. See, we see Hebrew people praising the Lord, 
But I want you to notice what he says. May the peoples praise you, but may all the peoples praise you. See, not only Hebrew people, some people may look back and say, well, Hebrew people were supposed to praise the Lord. No, may all the, somebody say, may all the people. people. That means the person sitting next to you who says, I'm not sure I'm, this is me. I'm not sure I was raised that way. It doesn't matter the way you were raised. It's because we're people who were created in the image and likeness of God. We're God's children. And may, somebody say, may all the peoples, yada you, or praise the Lord. Yada, the word yada is found over, or found 111 times in scripture. 111 times. It really, again, just means to extend the hands, to hold out the hands. It also means to throw a stone. In the context of uh, of praise, Yada describes those moments when the Hebrew people would be overcome by the glory of God. They would come and get into God's presence, just like I said when someone scores a goal, and they just go, yes, as they get into God's presence. You may have been at times like that in your life, and you're just like, oh, God, you're here. I've been, I've been wanting you. I've been waiting for you, and you showed up. That's what it is. It's a time that we throw our hands in response. By the way, I want to remind you, in the book of 1 John, it says we love him because he first loved us. Praise is a response. I think sometimes we have a hard time giving because we have a hard time receiving. God's not asking you to give something that he hasn't first given. For God so loved the world that he gave. So if we can't receive, he's not asking you to give something that he hasn't given, right? So he's saying, he gave, what, you, what are you doing? You're returning. You're not giving, you're returning. You're returning something back to him. So Yada is found over 111 times, and that's why we say we don't just lift our hands, right? Like the dinosaur, what is that? Pterodactyl or, or Tyrannosaurus? T-Rex, right? He has his hands right here. He's a half-worshipper. Right? No, we... So I... Throw up my hand. Come on, somebody. So I throw up. Come on. Hey, would you all just be a, would you all just be a dancer for me this morning? Come on. If I can be a dancer, there's one thing I can do to get my kids laughing. If I tell them, hey, I'm going to take this song and I'm going to do a dance routine for it. And they always go, ha, ha. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to, I want you to do this with me. Come on. We're going to yada this morning. Would you take your hands? Just stop your notes. Taking notes. Taking notes. Stop your notes for a minute. Just take your... Roll your eyes at me. Stop rolling your eyes at me. Okay, take your hands. Ready? So I throw up my... No, 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 no. I, I watched some of you. No, come on. Come on, try it. Yada, ready? So I throw up my hands. See, I wouldn't that be just awesome if we get into church? Somebody walks in for the first time and we're all... So I throw... And people are all, what the heck's happening in this place? These guys are crazy, you know? It's Yada. It's an expression of praise. Why? Because God's good. And let all the people praise him. Right? Not just charismatics and Pentecostals. That means everybody. Everybody. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Right? We're all going to do it. We're all going to do it. Now, look at this one here. This one says, all your works. Read with me. All your works praise. Yada. You, Lord, your faithful people extort you. I want you to notice all your works praise you. Do you remember Jesus? He said, even if you stop praising me, what did he say? He said, the rocks are going to cry out and praise me. In other words, I don't need you. 
Now, it's good for you to praise me. You ought to praise me. You may, in your pride and arrogance, not feel like praising me today, or stubbornness, not praise me today. But even the rocks praise me. Why? Because there's sometimes the rock is smarter than I won't say it. <laughs> but what is he saying? All your works praise you, Lord, for your faithful people extol you, extol you, extol you, lift you up. All your works praise you. So even the works of the Lord will praise you. Look at this one. It says Psalm 44. Uh, all your works praise you. Um, did I put that in again? Look, look at this one. Listen. Let's see if I get this right. Um, Psalm 44. Did I get this one? Ah, I missed one. In God we make boast. Would you say this with me? All day long. And we will praise or yada your name forever. I want you to notice that it's not limited. Sometimes people say, well, in the morning time I'm going to praise the Lord. Or in the evening time, I'm going to praise the Lord. It's kind of like, well, I don't, I don't exercise except I stretch in the morning and I stretch in the evening and I praise in the morning and I praise when I'm at church and I pray. No, he says all day long. I'm going to, all day long, and I'm going to praise your name forever. Yes. Praise your name forever. So how, how long in our lives, for, for how long are we going to yada the Lord? Forever. Come on, how long are we going to yada the Lord? Forever. How long are we going to, so I, I'm queuing you, ready? I'm cueing you, ready? I know I'm being goofy this morning, but go along with me, ready? So I throw up my hands, right? How long are we gonna do that? Forever. We're gonna, no, maybe not just that way, but forever. It's, it's not, let me tell you, it's not weird to lift your hands to the Lord. You may have just been taught it's weird. Whoever taught you that's weird. It's true, because God says it's not weird. It's all throughout the Bible. Lifting, just lifting the hands is not weird in the Bible. All your works will praise you forever. It's not limited in history. It's for all eternity. Charismatics, conservatives, non-denominationals, Baptists, Methodists, Catholics, Presbyterian, we're all going to yada the Lord. God forever. You know, I've noticed too, do you know you tend to love others the way they like to be loved? Like, let me give you, for instance, Tiffany, she loves brownies. I don't like brownies. Now, I don't not like brownies. But I don't love brownies. She yadas. No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. She's all, no. No, she really does. She really likes brownies. Like, she really does. She really likes brownies. So if I, like, you know, want to really bless her, like, you know, like on the way home, and I'm thinking, what should I do, flowers or brownies? Huh? She said flowers. She's on a diet. Okay. <laughs> That's because she's in church. She'd tell me brownies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it depends on the day. It depends on the day. But I'll tell you what, if I, would I ever think, I think, I'd be, I think I'd be stupid to think, I'm not getting her brownies. I don't really like brownies. I ain't getting her brownies. I don't like brownies. Brownies aren't good. I'm not getting her brownies. I'm getting her ice cream. I like ice cream. Ice cream's better. Ice cream's better than brownies. It's creamier. Pudding, it's creamier. How many say, how many say ice cream's better than brownies? 
And I'm going to say brownies is better than ice cream. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, it's just splitting here. Splitting here. Okay. But you don't give someone something based on what you like, or maybe you do. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You shouldn't give someone something based on what you like. You should give someone something based on what they like. Listen, you don't yada God because you don't like it or like it. You do it because he likes it. You do it because he came up with how to worship. And this is something we're talking about. That's why you don't interpret how you like to worship. Some people, I, I don't like to worship God that way. In fact, you can go to Google right now and you could just type in, why do we have to lift our hands? Or I don't like to lift my hands. Or I don't like, and you'll find all kind of mess and junk. You know, I don't care what you like and what you don't like, right? I want to know what God likes. Come on, somebody. I want to know what God likes, right? All day long, we will praise the Lord forever. Now, I want to just show you before we wrap this up uh, today, I just want to show you um, a few verses here, and we'll just go through these quick, of lifting your hands in the Bible. Look at this of lifting your hands in the Bible. It says here, may the people, make sure, man, I'm going the right way. Nate, this um, clicker here, let me see. I'm going the wrong way, but it's probably not me. There we go. Okay, here we go. Check this out. Psalm 28.2. Okay, Psalm 28.2. It says this. Listen, would you read this with me? Listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Okay, look at this one. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Look at this one. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for help, O Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Look at this one. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Look at this one. Let my prayers be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. By the way, I have, I have a few more, but do you know I've heard on more than one occasion people have come to me and said, why do we lift our hands? It's not even in the Bible. And my statement back has been, do you read the Bible? And they've said, oh, I don't know. And I said, you have to go back and read it. Go back and read it. It's in the Bible. Okay, continued. Look at, I spread out my hands to you. Read it with me. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. You ever been thirsty? Spiritually? Thirsty for the Lord? And what do you do? You take your hands and you say, God, spread out my hands. I need you. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need, I, man, I just had to do it a, a week or so ago. I was so thirsty for the Lord. I said, God, I'm dry. I'm busy right now. I'm going through a lot of stuff. Oh, I need you, God. And, and did I just feel drenched in the presence of God? Nope. Didn't feel anything. I felt tired. But I didn't do it just to get something. I did it because I needed God. I was desperate for God. Spread out your hands. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Selah. Selah means just stop and think about it. Look at this one. Let us, read it with me, let us lift our hearts and hands to God in heaven. And then look at this one, this last one. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord. Nay, you, you guys, why don't you worship team? Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel. And notice what he did. He spread out his hands. 
toward heaven. He spread out his hands toward heaven. Spread out his hands toward heaven. You know, lifting your hands before the Lord is, I think, one of the most basic forms of worship that we can do. But yet I think it's taught as one of the most, like, I'm getting there. Like, I'm getting there. That's like year two with the Lord. <laughs> or three. But do you know, it's one of the most basic things. I, I remember, I think I can remember the very first time. We have four kids, as you know, if you know us. And I remember the very first time that my son, Miles, when he was about two years old, and I had worked a long day at work, and I, was, I came home, and I was, you know, uh, in the, put my keys in the apartment, uh, in the door, and I was rattling the door to probably my deadbolt and trying to get in the door. And I opened up the door, and when I opened the door, it kind of surprised me because my two-year-old Miles was standing right there on the other side of the door. And when I did, he had this... And I think he just had a hard day. And he just, all he said was this, Dada! And I remember the feeling. Dada! And I, by, by the way, he still does that sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Miles. <laughs> no, but, but I picked him up. I picked him up. And I just held him close. And I just said, man, that's my boy. Why? He yada. Yada. It was just a form of I need you. I'm glad you're home. I'm safe. Everything's going to be all right. He didn't even have to say anything. Except dada. Put out the hands. And you know, I know in worship, that's what the Lord wants to have. He wants to have that kind of relationship with you that you don't even have to explain. You don't even have to say, can I tell you, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he knows what you have need of even before you talk or ask or think. How common do you think as we read through those scriptures the lifting of the hands was in the Bible? It was just a common thing. Can I ask you another question? How, how often do you lift your hands? Or do you have a hard time lifting your hands to the Lord? And let me ask you a question that goes along with that. Why or why not? Is it because your comfortability is because of the way you've been taught? And what is the Lord like? Let me ask you one more question. What does it say when we lift our hands to the Lord? What does it say to God? What does it say to the Lord? Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.